Thank you, Jerry. If our offering isn't great this week, I'll tell you. That'll, that'll get the offering up. Our scripture reading this morning is from John chapter 19. John 19, and we'll be looking at verses 28 to 30. John 19, verses, and it's, by the way, it's page 768 in the Pew Bible. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, 768. We're in John chapter 19, and we're going to look at verses 28 to 30. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, and so they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we gather here and open up these very solemn words, these words that Christ spoke from the cross, I pray that we'll take to heart the significance of this powerful moment. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is an interview in Fortune magazine uh, with Lee Iacocca, who passed away about a year or so ago. You know, Lee Iacocca was the former CEO of Chrysler. He kind of brought Chrysler out of bankruptcy and uh, made a name in the automotive industry. Here's what he said at, uh, with Fortune magazine. <clears throat> he said, I got notoriety and made money in the car business. Now that chapter is closed and I don't think much about cars anymore. You know, you can plan everything in life. And then the roof just caves in on you because you haven't done enough thinking about who you are. So here I am in the twilight years of my life wondering, what is it all about? How interesting, after a long, successful career in the automotive industry, Lee Iacocca comes down to the end of his life and he says, all the things in this world just made me feel empty. Here's another one. Tom Brady. Ever heard of Tom Brady? Those of you who know football. Maybe the most successful quarterback in football. Nine Super Bowl appearances. Six wins. Four MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs. He was interviewed by 60 Minutes. Here's what he says. I have all this success and still think there's something more. There has to be something more than this. And then the interviewer asked him, well, what do you think is the answer? And Brady says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But you know, we shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> 3,000 years ago, Solomon said when he thought about the world, he said, vanity, vanity, or meaningless, meaningless. All the things in this world are meaningless. In other words, there is an emptiness in our heart that the things of this world can never fill a Super Bowl ring never meets that need never fills that that void in our heart uh, fame and fortune never fill that emptiness in our heart success no matter in what field it might be never fills that never fills the emptiness of our heart nothing in this world really satisfies the thirst of our soul now people try to fill that thirst 
They try to fill that thirst because they cannot bear the, the pain of their own emptiness. I always think of it as a, a man wandering around in the desert and uh, he sees an oasis off in the distance and he starts running and then he's, he's walking and then he's stumbling and he's finally crawling up to that oasis and then he realizes there are no palm trees. There is no water. It's just sand. It's all a mirage. It's an illusion. So where do we turn to fill the emptiness in our heart? Where do we look to fill or to satisfy that thirst in our soul? Interestingly enough, Jesus is going to say something from the cross that's going to point us in the right direction. We're studying the seven last words that Jesus spoke from the cross. We come to the fifth this morning. The first one, Jesus you know, he prays for his enemies. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And then he leads a lost soul to salvation. He looks over at the thief and he says, Truly I say to you, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Then he takes care of his mother. He looks to his mother and he says to her, Dear woman, behold your son. Talking about John. And to John, John, behold your mother. He makes certain that his mother is taken care of. And then... At 12 noon, the sun goes dark. There's a blanket of darkness over the earth. And then Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And following that, we come to the fifth statement of Jesus, the one we're going to look at this morning. Jesus says, I thirst. By the way, imagine that. Think about this. The one who created oceans of water now from the cross says, I thirst. The one who turned water into wine is now saying, I thirst. The one who walked on water says, I thirst. In fact, in his ministry, Jesus says this, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, Streams of living water will flow from within him. And the same person, the same Jesus, from the very same lips, from the cross, Jesus now says, I thirst. But here's what's interesting. In this very short but very powerful statement, we have the answer to the problem of our thirst and our emptiness. We're going to look at three portraits of Jesus this morning. And in these three portraits of Jesus, we're going to see how he actually does fill the emptiness of our heart and satisfy the thirst of our soul. We're going to look at Jesus, first of all, as the suffering son of man. Then we're going to look at him as the obedient servant of God. And then we're going to look at him as the loving Savior to sinners. So let's start off. Number one. First of all, Jesus is the suffering son of man. You know, it was Pascal, by the way. Pascal who said, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man and woman which cannot be satisfied by created things, but only by God the Creator. Through Jesus Christ. What he is saying is. We are born with a thirst for God. We are born with an emptiness in our heart. That only God can fill. And what he is saying is. Only 
fellowship with God. Only a personal relationship with God will ever fill the emptiness that we have in our heart. So here we are this morning. Jesus is on the cross. And in this moment, as a man suffering on a cross, a suffering man on the cross says, I am thirsty. Now, he is a man. Jesus Christ is as much a man as you and I are. He is 100% man. And let me, let's make certain we, we have our theology correct on this. He is 100% man. And at the same time, he's 100% God. He's 100% man as if he were not God. But he's 100% God as if he were not man. He is really two natures in one person. In fact, as man, you know Jesus thirsted, just as you and I do. But as God, from him flow springs of living water. Jesus, as a man, hungered. But as God, he's the bread of life. As a man, Jesus slept, just as you and I do. But as God, he never sleeps or slumbers. And as a man, Jesus collapsed under the weight of the cross. But as God, he holds the world in his hands. He is a man. He is suffering as a man. He knows what it is to suffer as a man. And therefore, he knows what you and I are going through in this life. He knows what it is to feel sorrow. He knows what it is to feel hunger and thirst. He knows what it is to be betrayed and hated. He knows what it is to be the victim of injustice. You know, sometimes we think, God doesn't understand my problems. God doesn't understand my heartache. God doesn't understand my sorrow. He doesn't understand my pain. Stop a minute. Stop a minute and just remember this. Our God has wounds. Wounds that he suffered as a man. And we cannot say to Jesus, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Believe me, he does. He's been there. He's experienced all that and more. He's walked in our shoes. So whatever we may be experiencing in this life, we may be going through loneliness. His friendship fills the loneliness in our heart. We may be going through a terrible hurt in our life, but his comfort fills that, that hurt in our heart. We may be going through a time of down and uh, a time when we're feeling down and discouraged, but his encouragement reassures us. His, his encouragement fills our heart and it satisfies that thirst in our soul. We may be afraid and anxious, but his comforting peace and his presence, his calm and his assurance just washes over us because of his presence. And his, his presence in our life fills that emptiness and and uh, satisfies that thirst in our soul, as only he can do. Only he can fill that emptiness, and only he can satisfy that thirst. And as a man who walked in our shoes, he understands what we are going through. But yet as God, he is able to satisfy, because as God, from him flow springs of living water. So the first thing we want to notice is that Jesus on the cross, he's suffering as you and I do. He knows what we go through. But as God, he's able 
to be there and he's able to fill that emptiness and able to satisfy that thirst that we have. There's a second portrait we want to look at this morning. Second of all, Jesus is the obedient servant of God. You know, when Jesus is crying out, I thirst, this is more, this is more than just a cry for physical water. This is more than a cry for phys- out of physical thirst. Something bigger is going on here. The physical thirst is secondary. The primary reason Jesus cries out, I thirst, is because he is fulfilling Scripture. Notice verse 28. Later, knowing that all things was completed, you know, Jesus is looking over the crucifixion. He's looking over the cross. Have all the prophecies of the cross been fulfilled? Sort of checking them off one by one. He's looking over all the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning the cross. And knowing that it's all been completed so that one more, one more scripture, one more prophecy would be fulfilled. Jesus says what? I am thirsty. That is the primary reason Jesus cries out, I am thirst. He knows. By the way, this is coming from Psalm 6921. Over a thousand years earlier, David the psalmist writes this, they gave me vinegar for my thirst. And this is a messianic psalm. And Jesus knowing it is a messianic psalm, knowing that it is a prophecy, a prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. Because of that, Jesus now coming down to the very end says, I thirst. Because he is wanting to prompt someone to give him that vinegar to drink. And to ensure that it does happen, Jesus says, I am thirsty. And sure enough, guess what happens? Verse 29, a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they took or they, they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. And Psalm 69, 21. By the way, I mean, you talk about an obscure prophecy. In the middle of the Psalms, most of us would read over that and never think a thing about it. But Jesus knew there's one more prophecy to be fulfilled. And there, Jesus makes certain that it is done. It is fulfilled to the letter. Even including the kind of drink Jesus would be given. By the way, it's a very bitter drink, isn't it? Wine, vinegar. But yet, and it says that Jesus received it. I think Jesus is receiving it because he is drinking from the cup of bitterness. Because it is what the scriptures had forecasted. It was what the scriptures had prophesied. And you know, you think about this. How many times does it say in the, New Testament, in the Gospels that Jesus did something Or he said something that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Or that it might be fulfilled. Over a dozen times. Over a dozen times it says that Jesus said or did something that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And what this tells us is that he is the obedient servant of God. Every day living out scripture and fulfilling the purpose for which God put him here. You know... Jesus lived out the scriptures every day. And he fulfilled the purpose 
for which he came. He was even willing to suffer. You know, Jesus was willing to follow the scriptures, whether it was pleasant or painful. And he was willing even to suffer the bitterness of our sin. He was willing to suffer the punishment of our sin. He was even willing to die on a cross to fulfill the scripture and fulfill his purpose for being here. You know, everything that happened on the cross, every word spoken, everything that happened was in fulfillment of the scriptures because Jesus lived them out day in and day out fulfilling his purpose in life. You know, and I pray that all of us here this morning, each one of us would live out the scripture and fulfill God's purpose in our life. You know, God does have a purpose for our lives. Every one of us has a a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. Psalm 139 verse 14 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. What the psalmist is telling us is that each one of us is unique. We have our own unique gifts, talents, personality, potential. In fact, what the psalmist is telling us, we are not here by accident. My birth, your birth, not a mistake. Your parents may not have planned you. You are here because God planned you. You are here because God placed you here at this time and at this place in history. Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to the God who fulfills his purpose in me. And then Jeremiah 29 11, I think some of us already know this one. I know the plans I have made for I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not hurt you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And as Jesus was the obedient servant of God, living out the scriptures, fulfilling that purpose, may we also follow in living out scripture and fulfilling the purpose for which God put us here. You know, Millard Fuller, when he was 29 years old, was a millionaire. He lived for money. But one day when he came home, his wife told, and by the way, he bought her everything she could ever want in life. She had everything that a woman, a wife could want. But one day when he came home, she told him that she was leaving him. She said, I cannot continue to live this kind of a life. She said, I feel empty. I feel dead. I feel my life has no real purpose. She said, there's got to be more to life than this. And so the two of them, that evening, had a long conversation, well into the night. And finally, they got down beside their bed, and they began to pray. God, what is it you want us to do? Where are you leading us? What is your purpose in our life? In the wee hours of the morning, they got up, and they felt they had a plan from God. They felt they had a vision or a revelation from God. So Millard Fuller and his wife Linda decided, we're going to start an organization that helps people out. People who need homes at a reasonable cost. And he started Habitat for Humanity. God has a purpose for us. God has a reason why we are here. It's up to us to be those obedient servants as was Jesus to live out Scripture and fulfill that 
purpose. So first of all, what do we see? We see Jesus. He is the suffering son of man. He knows what it is like. And he's able to fill that emptiness in our heart. He is the obedient servant of God. Our example. And as we live out God's purpose, that's, what, that's when his presence begins to fill that emptiness and quench that thirst in our hearts. One more, one more portrait of Jesus here. He is the loving Savior of sinners. You know, Jesus is on the cross. He is thirsting as any man would in the hot sun. But I'm a, I'll tell you, this is more than a physical thirst. This is a spiritual thirst. He is thirsting because he is bearing the sins of the world. And it's important to remember that this thirst is because of the curse of sin. For example, let me explain. At 9 o'clock, Jesus is nailed to the cross. He makes his first three statements during the broad morning light. At noon, darkness blankets the earth. And from that darkness, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as we looked at last week, he's crying out because at that moment, fellowship between him and the Father has been broken. And what broke that fellowship? Remember? Our sin. He's bearing the sins of the world on his shoulders. My sin, your sin, every sin you can imagine is now placed on him. He is the vilest of all sinners. And the fellowship between him and the Father has been broken. And then Jesus cries out, I thirst. And this is the cry of one who's suffering the judgment of sin. He's suffering the punishment of sin. He's suffering the torment of sin. Do you remember the story Jesus tells, a very chilling story, of two men? One man has time for God. He, he makes time for God. He is a believer. But the other man, the other man has no time for God. He is not a believer. This man is poor. And this man is rich. And the description is just very, very uh, graphic. How this poor man is eating, eating uh, the leftovers or what we call the garbage that people throw out. He is, the dogs are coming along and they're licking his sores. It's a very graphic story. And then the day comes when the two men die, remember? And the, the poor man, he goes into paradise. But the other man he finds himself in hell. The man who had no time for God. And in hell, he lifts up his eyes and he sees the poor man off in paradise. And remember what he says? He says, Father Abraham, calling out to the other side. He's in hell. He's calling out. He said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus, who is the poor man, to dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue. That rich man. That man who had no time for God. He's crying out in thirst. Isn't he? You know Jesus describes hell. As a place of unquenchable fire. And unquenchable thirst. But here is the good news. 
The good news is that Jesus thirsted in the punishment of hell that we might enjoy the living waters of heaven. The good news is that Jesus thirsted on the cross that we may never thirst in hell. Jesus is the Savior, the loving Savior of sinners who satisfies that emptiness in our heart and satisfies that thirst in our soul. Let me read to you something in the book of Revelation. Listen to what they're saying in heaven right now. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor the scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne. Who's the lamb at the center of the throne? That's Jesus. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So where do we turn? Where do we turn when there's that emptiness in our heart, that thirst that needs to be satisfied? We turn to the Lord Jesus because he is the suffering. He's that suffering son of man who understands where we have been. He suffered as we have suffered. He is also, he is also the uh, obedient servant who lived out his purpose, God's purpose. And he is the loving Savior of sinners. So here's what I want us to take home with us today. We talk about quenching thirst. Jesus thirsted that we might never thirst, both now or forever. Jesus thirsted that we might never thirst, both now or forever. In fact, the last invitation in the Bible, the last chapter of the book of Revelation Nearly the last verse, Jesus gives this invitation. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. You know why it's a free gift? Jesus paid for it. Eternal life is a free gift. And those who come to Jesus, those who trust in him, receive the free gift of eternal life. But I must tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't come to Jesus, you will thirst both here and forever. Come to Jesus because he can quench your thirst both here and forever. He will fill the emptiness in your heart and will give you eternal life. If you've never done that, I pray you will today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we are humbled by the words that our Lord spoke this very simple word, but yet so powerful as we see Christ in so many, so many portraits. And I pray most of all, Father, that if there's someone here today who's never, never come to faith in Christ, that they would do so. Father, we're so thankful that you have quenched the thirst of our soul. You have filled the emptiness of our heart. And Father, I pray that should there be someone here today who's never experienced that, Today will be that day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.